This is a Stand with Lynette podcast. You have episode 52, Peace in Christ, with Daisha Brown. What would your life be like if you knew you could stand firmly on the covenant path, come what may? My name is Lynette Shepard, and I am here to help you do just that. If you are a Latter-day Saint woman with a desire to brighten your faith as the world grows darker, you are in the right place. Together, let's stand. Hello, my friends. I'm so glad you're here today. And guess what? It's been a good weekend because we just finished General Conference and it just fills my soul. One of my favorite weekends of the year. I actually cannot wait to dissect these these talks and read them, it doesn't really sink in for me until I actually see them and highlight and, you know, not just listen. I love listening, but can I tell you something? Like at the end of a talk or at the end of a session of conference, I will forget what all the talks were about if I don't at least write down a note that says, this was about prayer or whatever. So anyway, It's the reading of them where they really sink in. And I'm going to be working on, as soon as they are in print, I'm going to be working on putting together a list of all the invitations from all the speakers like I did last time. So keep your eyes out for that. That will be coming here in the next week or so as I have time to really dive into that. But I, in the meantime, if you are ready to really put some of these concepts into action and really start working on your spiritual habits. If you are on a spiritual high from conference and you wanna take that spiritual momentum and build upon it, my Shine 40 Challenge is perfect for you, my friend, because it will help you to, over the course of 40 days, 40 days or longer, depending, everyone's on a different journey, but it's meant for 40 days, it will help you develop a series of spiritual habits that will bind you to the Savior Jesus Christ, help you to hear him more clearly, cement that relationship between him and you, all the good things, right, that our prophets promise us as we develop these spiritual habits and holy routines. Is that what they're called? (laughs) Holy habits and righteous routines. I think that's how they've been referred to. But anyway, I will put a link right here in the show notes if you're ready to take that leap. Let's go. Let's do it. This episode today I'm very excited about. It is from Daisha Brown. She is actually a friend of my son's who served in her ward in Alabama on his mission. So I was very excited to be able to talk to her and listen to her story. Now, just as a heads up, we do get into some pretty heavy topics in this interview, specifically a suicide attempt, we talk about that and what that taught Daisha about relying fully and completely on the Lord Jesus Christ to pull her out of the darkness of depression that she was in at that time. So be aware that we do go into this kind of heavy place. So if you're sensitive to that, just be aware. If you have little ones listening with you, be aware. But this interview, while we talk about heavy things, is filled with light and hope and peace in Christ. And without any further ado, let's get to this interview with Daisha Brown. Hello, friends. I am so excited to introduce you to my friend Daisha Brown today, who is here to tell her story. Funny story, not funny, but maybe something that you should know about Daisha is that she lives in Alabama where my son served his mission. And so 
their family was one of his favorites as he served. And so he's told me a little bit about her and her gumbo. Is that right? Are you the yes. gumbo lady? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that was a real highlight of his mission to be able to get to know the Brown family. So I'm excited to get to know Daisha a little better today. So welcome. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I love your accent, first of all. Oh, Thank you. <laughs> I already feel the Southern hospitality coming through the screen. Yes. It's so fun. <laughs> All growing up, I always wanted a Southern accent because I just think it's so fun. <laughs> I love it. So I'm excited Thanks. just to hear that today. <laughs> well, Daisha, can you just start out by telling us a little bit about yourself and your family? Yes. I am mom to five amazing kids. My husband and I just this past Sunday, celebrated our 24th wedding anniversary. It's weird. We've been together longer than we were with parents. Um, I have five amazing kids. My oldest is married. Um, I have an amazing son-in-law. Um, they've been married for a year. My oldest son, Trevor slash Elder Brown at the moment, is serving a mission in Vancouver, Washington. Um, Kaylin and Skylar are my oldest, and they don't live about 45 minutes from us. And then Trent is my middle son still at home. He's getting ready for mission papers. And my two youngest are Jacob and Mary Beth, who are freshmen in high school. And in about three years, we will be empty nesters, which is really crazy because I just don't quite know what to do at that point. But I love my kids. I love my family. And I've worked as a nurse, but have been able to be at home for the last few years. And I've really enjoyed just being home with my kids, especially as they're kind of all growing up and transitioning kind of out of the house a little bit. Yeah, it sounds like we're in a very similar stage of life. Do yeah. you have twins that are freshmen? I don't. They're about 19 months apart. So they used to be a year apart in school, but we had to hold Jacob back um, in first grade. And so that put them doing first grade together. So it's kind of been a blessing that they've had each other. They've always been two little peas in a pod. And oh, so it's good. kind of, it's kind of fun at times doing high school with them. We homeschool, so they're home a lot. And then they have some classes that they go to on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but they're, it's good. They have each other and, you know, but it's, it's sad because when they're both done, they're both done at the same time. So, yeah, yeah, totally. My youngest is also a freshman. And so yeah. we've had this conversation about. Yeah. What are we going to do? Like, that's so weird to think that we will be here without any kids. In a way, it's like, oh, what could we do? Like, where could we go travel? But then it's like also weird that 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 part of our lives is getting so small, you know, yes. the amount of time that we have with kids at home. And so yeah. it's it's exciting. Like, I'm one that likes to look forward to the future. And, oh, you know, yeah. I think that there's always something to look forward to. But it's also like kind of yes. weird to think about so well and it's neat to see where their life is taking them you know where it is as they're stepping out kind of on their journey in life where it's going to take them but knowing that you are kind of always that soft spot that they can come back to when they need that help or that encouragement or that love and support that you're still there and they still always need you even if they're not here Absolutely. I totally agree with that. I love watching my kids grow up and kind of experiencing life through their experiences a little bit yes. from kind of like a, a front row seat to watch them kind of figure things out. And sometimes yeah. it's like a nail biter and you're like, oh, how's yes. this going to end up? <laughs> but also it's like, 
it's rewarding in its own yes. way. Yeah. So Daisha, where did your journey of faith begin? Are you, were you born into the church? Are you a convert to the church? What did, the, what did that look like for you? I was actually born into the church. Um, both my parents were converts. Um, my dad actually joined the church when he was serving in Vietnam. And my mom was, her parents were some of the first converts in Finland, in Helsinki, where my mom's from. So we kind of always had that background growing up that, yes, we were born in and we had the gospel, but having parents that were both converts, they always stressed the importance of you've got to gain your own testimony. You've got to pray and ask the Lord. You've got to find out for yourself. Like we just can't coast through life thinking, oh, we're born into the gospel. We've, we've got it all together. And so that always really kind of helped me growing up because I had it and I was grateful that I had it, that I didn't have to seek it out later in life. But it also made me, especially more as I got older, realize I can't hang on to what my parents tell me. Like I reached a point in my teenage years that I just had to find out for myself is this really true? You know, and especially before I took that plunge of college and things like that, like I reached a point that I just, I just had to know, is this right for me? Is this really true? What I've been told and what I've been taught. So. Yeah. I, I love that, 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 that your parents stressed mm -hmm. that importance yes. of having your own experience because being born into the church is amazing. I was also born oh, into the yes. church, but yeah, I think we all, we all have to become converts at some point, you know? Absolutely. And so yeah. that happened for you in your teenage years that you mm -hmm. really got solidified in the gospel. So yeah. what did that, what did that experience look like for you? How did you know as a teenager that this was the path that you wanted to stay on? For me, I think it was, I think it was little steps kind of all along. Um, I think probably really a big solidifying for me is, is going to girls camp. I always loved girls camp. I've always loved helping at girls camp. And I think just each, each year at girls camp, you know, we would have the testimony meetings, we would have devotional time and different things like that. And just little by little and taking those times to say, is this really true? Is this right for me? And just being at home and just praying for myself to know, you know, I had always felt good about it. And so, I, you know, I had never reached a point where I was like, oh, wait, this seems, you know, something doesn't seem right. It had always felt right to me. You know, I'd had moments where I had very much felt led by the Lord, but really it was through, I want to say girls camp and things, just hearing other people's testimonies, you know, feeling my spirit being strengthened by other people reading my scriptures and just taking those times to say, I'm feeling good about this. This is still true. And it was kind of like, yes, it is. And so it just, it kind of snowballed for me that it's always been good, but you know, like you say, and, and little times throughout my life, you know, as, as different prophets have been called, you know, in hearing them in conference or even something like getting new bishops in wards you know, having that personal confirmation to myself that that's who the Lord wanted as a bishop were all those little things that kind of helped me go, okay, this is, this is the path I need to be on. I think one thing that really kind of concrete solidified it for me, um, my senior year of high school, um, I was blessed to be able to get my patriarchal blessing. And my grandfather, who is from Finland, was the state patriarch in his state. And so we were blessed to be able to get permission to have him come when they came for a visit for him to give me my patriarchal blessing, my sister and I got him at the same time. Um, and we had fasted and prayed the day before. And I know that there were certain questions that just really kind of hung in my mind. 
And when he gave me my patriarchal blessing, it was, he gave it to me in Finnish. So at first I could pick out a few words, but for the most part, I couldn't fully understand it. Very strongly felt the spirit as he gave it. And of course, you know, my few quick key questions afterwards is, okay, am I getting married? You know, which he laughed. And it was interesting though, because as my mom did kind of a rough translation for it. And as I read the things that were in that patriarchal blessing, there were things in there that nobody would have known except for the Lord. And so for me, that was just kind of the line in the sand where it was like, you are known. This is not a generalized blessing from a grandpa who has loved me since I was a baby. This blessing truly came from the Lord, that he knows me on a very personal and very individual level. And especially because when my mom translated my sister's blessing and was able to share it with my sister, my mom commented that she hoped we'd realized how much it truly was from the Lord. She says, I've read both of them and they are sharply different. And she said, there's things in mind that she goes, she wouldn't have known. So that for me was just that concrete in the sand of this is absolutely true. I am known on a very personal and individual level. That's what an amazing experience to have yeah. your grandpa be part yeah. of that. And just knowing that he wasn't the one telling you those things. Oh, yes. Like you said, that only the Lord would have known this absolutely. or that. And so yes. I feel the same about my patriarchal blessing. It's so amazing. And I recently went to listen to two of my girls got theirs on the same day as well and it's it's such those windows like the the veil is so thin at the time that that patriarch is talking to them and it's just like oh wow i thought i knew my kids yes but but the lord knows them on such a deeper level than i do and that's a gift as a parent but also you know, when it's you, like you said, yes. that, that was a defining yeah. experience in your life. And you can go back and read that as many oh, times yeah. as you want. Is it in <laughs> Finnish? Like, is it translated into English? I do. I have, I have a copy that's in Finnish because that was the original, but then I also have the copy that was transcribed in English. So if I pull it up on like my, my phone or anything online, I, I get both copies. Can't read the Finnish. I appreciate the Finnish. But um, I love that that I have it in English and that I can go and read it anytime I want. Yeah, that's awesome. Someday you'll have to learn Finnish. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I wish I could. We're hoping that my son maybe will go to Finland for his mission. We just oh, that we think would that be would really be super cool. cool. <laughs> that would be really cool. So did your mom, when did she move to the States? She came to the States at 19 to go to BYU. And so she had planned originally, you know, get her degree, go back. And the Lord had other plans. She met my dad and got married, had kids and has stayed. So, and in Alabama, or is that just like, are you first generation Alabama? We, we are, we moved to Alabama. We lived in Utah for a time. And then we lived in Florida for a few years. Um, and then we lived in Kansas. So we moved here when I was 10. So I've lived in Alabama Oh gosh, 34 years. So, you know, do the math. But um, my dad's got family that grew up. My grandmother was from Jacksonville, Alabama, which is about an hour or so from us. So for me, when I first moved here, of course, I swore up and down I was leaving. Like 18, I'm gone. Um, My husband's from Alabama. His family is. So we met, got married and 
this is home for me. Like I, I love the South. I love Alabama. I just, I can't picture living any place else. We kind of joke it would take a major smack upside the head to get us to move. So, yeah. well, I just visited for the first time a few months ago, and I loved Alabama. Just in yes. the two days that I was there, I was like, I could live here. Yes. <laughs> well, move on down. We'll help you find a house. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> Maybe my son will end up back in Huntsville. He spent so go. much of his mission there, like oh yeah, thirds of his mission or something <laughs> there in Huntsville in different areas. So he's like, Maybe yes. I'll go back. Maybe I'll work for NASA. I'm like, oh, you go. You do it. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so as you grew up, you moved beyond teenage life. Yeah. What are some of the things, maybe challenges that you had as you moved into adulthood that maybe affected your faith in some way? I've always struggled with depression and anxiety throughout my life. That's that's played some trivial parts. Um, also having my my middle son and then Jacob, my youngest son right under him, were both born with health problems. Um, Trent had lung problems when he was born and there was talk that we would have to do surgery right after he was born. Um, didn't have to, he was born and didn't have surgery till much later. He was about eight when he had surgery. Um, had a lot of complications with my pregnancy with Jacob. Um, I was on bed rest, had bleeding, all sorts of problems. Um, premature labor. So by the time he was finally born, we thought he was healthy. He had a slight heart murmur. Um, and we thought it was nothing. Like I didn't even have my husband go to the doctor's appointment with us. Cause I'm like, this is going to be nothing, you know, um, come to find out less than 24 hours later, he was in for open heart surgery. He had two oh holes God. in his heart and his main artery was 90% closed. Oh my um, gosh. yeah. So that was, that was a really trying time. And then in the midst of all that, while we're in Nashville, in surgery, um, my husband's dad actually passed away with a massive heart attack. Um, so that was that was probably kind of the lowest <laughs> we hit in our life of just kind of the okay, Lord, come on, we this is it, we can't we can't do more. But it was hard because I was like, you know how bad my son was getting. He threw a blood clot after coming off the heart lung bypass machine. Um, and suffered a stroke and had was having seizures and that's what they found it. Um, and so that happened. And then the very next day we got the call that my husband's dad had passed away. So of course, you know, he had to come back to Alabama. And so I, you know, you kind of don't want to do the why us, why, why is all this going on? You know, this was not supposed to be my child that had surgery, you know, but those, I'm human. And those questions come up. It's like, why is all this happening at one time? You know, how, how are we going to get through this? How I wanted to be with my husband and my children and my mother-in-law. I wanted to be there to help them. But then at the same time, I'm like, I'm standing in an intensive care unit, looking at my child on a bed hooked up to more machines. The most adults are hooked up to and how how's all this going to work? How, how are we going to get through this? You know? And, and so I very much had my why, you know, I mean, I know the Lord knows all things, but I'm like, you couldn't have timed this, you know, little better and little different. But again, just as I'm struggling, I look up because in the ICU, all the windows are glass. I look up and I see a former young women's advisor 
And my first thought as I see her, I thought, oh my goodness, is one of her grandkids or is one of her kids in the hospital? Because I knew her family. I knew her kids. They still live near us. And so I really got worried for a minute thinking, does my mom know she's got family here? And then as I'm watching her, she's walking straight to my room and she just walks in and just embraces me in the biggest hug. And I completely fall apart. She was there for me. Um, her family, my parents, of course, had heard about my father-in-law and had gone to get my kids because my kids were staying with my in-laws while we were in Tennessee. Um, and so, you know, the beauty of the gospel and that Ward family, my mom had reached out to people and friends, her kids that lived in my parents' ward and knew they were there and said, can you, somebody go be with her. She doesn't need to be alone. And she stayed with me until another very dear friend came up and stayed the night with me until my sister could get there the next day. And so that was very humbling to me that here I was kind of like, oh gosh, how are we going to deal with all this? And it's like, just in an instant, it was like, the Lord's like, I've got you, you know, and just all these people just came and, and it helped in. Being a nurse, I've always, when my kids have had problems, I've always, it's always been the nurse in me that's looked at things and kind of analyzed. And as Jacob was going downhill, a true merciful blessing from the Lord was I was not able to look at him at all like a nurse. And I didn't realize this too much later until we came home and I was kind of looking back on things and thinking through things and it hit me. And that time when he was going downhill so fast and so bad, I just looked at him like a mom worried about her child. I wasn't analyzing the numbers on the machine. I wasn't counting. It was just me as a mom. And that really hit me. What a blessing that was when we came home because he was going downhill so fast and he was not doing well. The day after when my father-in-law passed away, Jacob completely did a turnaround and started improving. You know, I've had people that said, well, maybe Bill interceded. Maybe Bill asked the Lord to not take Jacob at this time. And I don't know. I know that family on the other side is aware of us and that they help. But he turned around and, you know, he's. He still has some struggles with his heart and seizures, but he is an incredible kid with the biggest heart. And every time I look at him, I'm reminded that even though the struggles he went through and when I had those hard times, the Lord didn't leave us. The Lord didn't leave him, you know, that those things were in place to, to help him with the, the things the doctors and nurses needed to do, but also for us that we could have the support that we needed throughout the whole struggle with all of that that we went through. Sounds like the Lord showed up through other people a lot. Yes. Oh, very you. much. Very much. Isn't that how it sometimes works? Yes. And sometimes we don't even realize that until looking back on it. Yes. You know, that, yes. oh, I felt so alone or I didn't realize he was there, but then look at all these tender mercies, you know? Yes. I mean, I hope that I can have eyes to see those things in the moment, but that's not yes. always the case when things right. are usually overwhelming for you at that time. <laughs> My goodness. And this is, where does Jacob fit in the lineup? I can't remember. He is my, he is number four. 
Okay. So he is he is my second to last. Okay. So right. fourth kid, third boy. So wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so what how did that experience transform your faith, your ability to rely on the Savior during challenges? It made me realize more that he is there, you know, and to not just be mindful as far as my challenges, but to try to be mindful to look out and help for other people. You know, um, I've been in callings and release society and different things. So sometimes as a result of callings, I'm more aware of things that are going on with other people to be able to reach out and help. But it has always made me aware too, that when I get those promptings to try to follow them, and I'm not always perfect because there are still times that I don't follow through with promptings um, or things. And there are times that, you know, I have struggled with doing all those things we need to do to stay close. But it's the desire is there and, and the desire to want to be close to him and to stay on that covenant path has always, always been there, even, you know, during rough times, slow times, you know, whatever that, that has never changed for me. Yeah. yeah that's good. Kind of an anchor point for you. And yeah. after you've experienced something like that, where, you know, the Lord has shown up for you through other people, doesn't mm -hmm. that just make you want to be even that much closer to the spirit so that you can yes. do that for somebody else? Yes. It's like the gift that keeps on giving, you know, it is, to, it is. To... Well, you know, and you hear so often in, in conference talks and stuff that it's, people pray and it's a lot of times through other people that the Lord answers people's prayers. Yeah. I think there's a quote, I think it's president Benson actually said mm -hmm. those exact words Yeah, that the Lord often answers his, our prayers through other people. So that yeah. makes me want to be in tune enough and courageous enough to sometimes follow those promptings. It's like, yes. wait, you want me to do what? Right. <laughs> and it's hard when they don't make sense or you kind of think and you're like, okay, is this me? Is this the Lord? Where are we at with this? So. Right. Yeah. But then also on the other side being as you're participating in that and maybe after the fact realizing, oh, this was the Lord's errand. I was just, yeah. you know, an instrument in his hands. And ha that's yeah. humbling to be able oh, to, yeah. to see that in, in progress. You yeah. mentioned that you have struggled with anxiety and depression. Yeah. Um, is that, has that been a lifelong struggle for you? Has that been more, you know, recently? It, it has been something I've struggled with, I would say probably all through my teenage years, um, but definitely, within the last year, things got a lot harder with it and, and a lot worse. So what has, what has navigating anxiety and depression? What have you learned from this experience? It, it is a very humbling walk to go through. Um, it is, it is so different for everybody. You know, mine at times brought me closer to the Lord at times, I hate to say it pulled me away, but I had the desire to do it. But because of being in such a bad place with depression, I just could not feel the spirit like I had in other times. And so that made things hard. That made me question myself, you know, and it's hard too because you can't just look at people and say, oh, they must be struggling with depression or, you know, and most of my friends up until a year ago, did not have any idea. I was very good at hiding it. Um, I was always happy. I was always helping. I was always very outgoing. 
Um, and so when things kind of took a turn for the worst, I think everybody, including my own husband, was surprised by, by just how bad things had got because, you know, I did not want to put that on anybody else. And so at times I struggled with feeling like I didn't even want to put that burden on the Lord, even though we know through the atonement, he had already taken that on himself. But it was just, you know, trying to trying to get my my way of thinking shifted. You mentioned that the depression made it hard for you to fill the spirit. I've heard that from other people. I've not experienced this myself. Yeah. So what is that what is that like to feel like you can't have access to the spirit because of a mental health condition? It's it's it feels it's very dark. Like I would Towards the end of things last year with November, I was, October time, I was reading my scriptures. I was praying. I was reading conference talks. Like I was doing all the things that you're supposed to do. I was at church. I was doing everything, but it was just, it was almost like I was numb. It was like, I, I knew that the things I were, was doing in the past had brought me those, those good feelings and that feelings of peace and different things, but it's like, for some reason this time I couldn't. And, and so instead of reaching out and saying, you know, asking my husband or a friend, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm trying this, but they're, I'm feeling a, a disconnect. Like I'm, I'm doing everything, but things aren't lining up. Like, what am I doing something wrong? You know, and because of the problem, because I was in such a place with the depression of, you know, just not feeling good enough about myself, instead of reaching out and trying to have it where somebody could say, hey, you, you are, you're just not realizing it. Instead, you know, the adversary was able to twist things in. You're not feeling it because you're not good enough. You know, you're not, you know, you haven't repented enough or you're not good enough to be able to fill the spirit. And so you, you try not to buy into that, but when it goes on long enough, then you're just kind of like, well, maybe it is, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not good enough, you know, and, and it is hard, but it's just, it's a very numbing feeling, absolutely numbing feeling. So what would you tell those of us who may have people in our lives who may be in that place where they're trying to do all of the things, but they they don't feel like they can fill the spirit. Maybe they're feeling, you know, like you mentioned this, the yeah. adversary is like speaking, you know, things mm -hmm. in their ear, making them feel like, oh, it's my fault that I can't fill the spirit, even though I'm doing all these things. What would you say to those of us who have loved ones in that situation? How could we support them through that? Oh my gosh. I would say just love them and reassure them that they are loved and that even though they can't feel it now, that there is nothing that has changed between them and the Lord, that they are loved, that he is there, that he hears their concerns. He is there. Trust in the faith of others. At this time, when you can't have that strength within yourself, lean on the faith and trust of others to remind you he is still there. You are loved put their names on the prayer roll, you know, pray for them, you know, either in person or privately for them. But just having that reminder of you've had these experiences, maybe even bring some of those experiences to their mind to remind them, look at where you're at. You know, you are loved. You are not lost. You're not forgotten. That's what I would say is just let them know that they're loved and that 
keep going, keep, you know, and, and I would even say, bring up, do you feel like you need to talk to somebody else? You know, do you feel like maybe, do you need to maybe see a doctor and do you feel like maybe taking some medication might help? You know, there is absolutely nothing wrong with any of that. There is nothing wrong with getting medication or seeing a counselor, or even if it would help them to counsel and talk with the bishop so that the bishop himself can reassure them of you're in good standing, you know, and just reassure them, but just let them know they're loved and, and definitely don't be like, oh, you're fine. Just you'll bounce out of it. You know, it's, you want to, I mean, trust me, you want out of that funk. Nobody, nobody likes to stay there. You know, we, we want out of, out of that space, but it's, it's happening more and more all too often. And, and I think it's something that has to be okay for people to talk about. And I think the more that other people are comfortable with having the depression, going to those people that are in their inner circle that they know are going to love them and support them, that will help them know that what that person is telling them is really true, you know, because not everybody is understanding of, of struggles with mental health, you know, but when you're somebody in that other inner circle, either as a parent or a close personal friend, you have that connection with that person to share with them and remind them of the experiences and that they're loved and that, you know, all the negative reminds them the negative does not come from the Lord. That that is never brought by the Lord. Yeah, that's so good. I think there's a lot of us who don't understand what that's like. And it yes. kind of it like blindsides you when you have not personally experienced it. And then you're trying to support someone in this low place. And it yeah. know, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to know what to say. So thank you for sharing all of that. That's all. Oh, you're welcome. That's such, that's such good. Um information to have to help us better yeah. understand how yeah. to approach that. And it it is hard when you're not there. My you know, my husband personally doesn't struggle with it, but he has had to learn with with struggles that our kids have had and then with me kind of how to how to do it. So I, I, I understand it kind of from both sides. Like you said, it is hard when when it's not something you're as familiar with. Right. Right. But it's a it can be learned. Oh, it's absolutely. A, it's a absolutely. Skill. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So while you were in that low place, you're trying to, you're kind of clinging to your faith, not really feeling the spirit. Looking back on that, can you see the Savior's hands in your life at that point? At, at that exact instant in, in my, my darkest time in my ap- hardest struggle at that particular moment, I could not, but, um, if I can share, if you don't mind a little more where I did is I actually, um, in, in the throes of it, attempted suicide in, in the midst of it. Um, and my husband was able to intercede and I was able to get the help. Um, and even at that point, again, the Lord interceded by those closest to me in my inner circle, being there, loving me and supporting me. And I remember when it got time that I had to go to the hospital because it was so far down, I, they had to take me by ambulance. And I remember I had been in the ER for like five nights. And so I had not slept that well. Um, knew is what I needed to do. And I felt absolute peace and calmness about that. 
I remember getting in the ambulance. And of course, when you sit in an ambulance, you're looking out the back window. Well, at first I thought, well, this will be nice. Then all of a sudden I'm getting hit with car sickness. And I'm just thinking, I don't want to get sick and throw up. And the song, sorry, the song Peace in Christ started just running through my mind. And I was just singing the chorus over and over again and just praying, please let me sleep. Please let me sleep. And I would sing that song. And I actually, I went to sleep. I'd wake up a little bit long, a little bit later. And again, the same thing. I would start singing in my mind the words of that song, just praying, please let me sleep. That for me was kind of a turning point. Of realizing a little bit later, a few days later, that the Lord was aware. That song was a song that I had loved when it first came out. When I got to the hospital, the one thing I could have with me was my scriptures. And I just started reading. And it was like I would feel inclined just to go here or there in the scriptures. And randomly, it would be a verse that would just touch me. And little things like that multiple times throughout the day, every single day, where there's these little tender mercies from the Lord, kind of as the, as the numbness started to wash away, where I was able to see more and start thinking back and go, he has always been there. You know, there even, even with what I attempted, there were little tender mercies of where things were interceded. And so that for me was just such an aha moment to realize that even in the darkest of days, even in one of the hardest struggles for me personally, he was right there with me. I was not unworthy. He loved me and he was right there with me through this entire experience. You know, yes, at the very beginning, I couldn't really feel him. But as I looked back, I was like, even in that moment, he was there with me. You know, the songs that would come to my mind, the scriptures that I would find, the peace that that would bring to me. Sorry, in that hospital room, the realization of the atonement that hit me probably more so than ever in my life because I realized it wasn't just that he took all my sins upon him. And I've always known that like he took all my sorrows and pains, but I remember in the hospital sitting in my room and that day when it hit me like a ton of bricks, everything I was feeling, he had already taken that. He had felt it. He knew the heartache and the pain and he was there. And that just hit me with such an amount of tenderness and love for the savior that I had ever felt in my life because I had held back some of the, my thoughts and my struggles because I always worried it would be too much for people that somebody would say, Hey, you're a great person, but you're just a bit too much for me. And here, the one th person who had known, who had always known what my struggles were and my thoughts and, and my trials, he loved me so much that he took all of this willingly 
all of this on himself, that for me was just, that has been very humbling. Because I would, I didn't even want to go through this. You know, but somebody, our older brother who loved us enough and said, let me take this. So kind of from that turning point in the hospital after a couple of days, and I just realized, I was like, he is here. I will fight this and I will beat this because he is here with me. You know, I'm not carrying this burden by myself. I have lots of family and close inner friends who were lifting me up in prayer and, and helping me that way through this. You know, but when you're kind of in a hospital room by yourself and there's nobody else around that you know, it you feel very alone. But I never felt that way. I was not in that hospital room alone. You know, now, I mean, I, I wish I could say in, you know, it flipped the switch and everything's, you know, rainbows and butterflies. You know, it, it was still a process. I had to go through a process of change. I had to learn to look at things a different way. I had to change the way I thought about things. Um, I had to learn to say no, which is very hard for me. I'm a, yes, I'll do everything and make it work. But every step along the way, I knew that the Lord was with me 100%. Even in my dark, dark days, he was with me. He absolutely has never left me alone in this journey. One of the biggest blessings I think that has come out of this, besides strengthening my testimony and strengthening our families, but my husband and I are working in the temple now. And that through all this is just such a blessing. And the Lord knew I was going to need it to be able to serve in his house twice a month to be able to be there. It's just, I needed it at this time in my life, you know, and it's, it's been such a blessing. So I, I would hope that people would know, you know, in this life, we knew it was going to be hard. We, we always, sometimes I think we focus on the, the trials and the temptations, but sometimes it's our own personal struggles that we go through that bring us to the Lord. It's not always because we've committed a sin or we've done something wrong. It's, it's our trials. If we allow ourselves to be humble, you know, and I, I have someone very dear to my heart that just doesn't want to quite give that up to, to fully submit to his will. And it's hard, but I can support them with love and prayer. But for me personally, that has just been such an eye opener. And like I said, I can get through anything in this life. I can get through any personal struggles I have because he's right there with me. And just knowing that I'm like, okay, you know, this, this is a struggle I have. Other people have different struggles, but he has not left me alone to go through this journey by myself. Yeah. I think sometimes we have to go through those hard things. I mean, that's part of the plan, right? Oh, to go through yes. those hard things. But yes. like you said, you learned what the atonement really meant Yes. in while you were in that dark place and the Lord didn't yes. leave you alone. And then you said that, you know, that he willingly did that. And I think, yes. you know, when we're in a place where we're struggling so much and the light bulb goes on that Christ willingly did this for me times all of humanity times yes. all of the whole human family. He did that. And I think the gravity of that, it feels more personal at that oh, it point. Does. You it know? does. Yes. Yeah. Because you realize he loves me personally. 
Well, he does. And it's also very humbling. It's very humbling because like you said, it's not just me. It's everybody. Like he didn't, he didn't go, okay, I'm doing everybody, but this group of people, because y'all are a little bit too much. Right. It was everybody. And he, and yeah, he willingly did it. It's, it's very humbling, but it's also, it's very encouraging because you're like, I've got this. I can get through this, but we can't get through it by ourselves. We've got to do it with them. Yeah. Yeah. For whatever we're struggling with. Exactly. He is, he is the way, right? He is the only way. Yeah. And however we have to learn that, you know, in the depths of our despair and realizing Christ ascended below all things, including yes. this, you oh, know, absolutely. including yes. this, and he can help lift me out of it. And so yeah. no matter how dark the night, there is always hope because yes. of Jesus Christ. <laughs> and you have beautifully illustrated that in your story. So oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Sometimes it's just, it's hearing the experiences and the journeys that people take yes. and what they learn from it that illustrates what these principles actually look like in practice you know this is what this is what it means to follow the savior jesus christ yeah absolutely and um so thank you for sharing your journey of faith and i wish i could hear so much more from you but we are (laughs) we are running out of time so i do have one final question that i ask all of my podcast guests and it is what does standing with the savior mean to you I absolutely love that phrase, standing with the Savior, because to me, it means through good, bad, or whatever, he is with me always. I have made that commitment to walk with him, and he is always there with me. It brings comfort and peace to my life. Doing the reading the scriptures and things, I don't do them because I have to do them or check a checklist. I do it because I want to do those things to feel closer to Him. He is what gives me the only source of true peace. And with everything that goes on in life, and as crazy as the world gets, I need and want that peace in my life. I want that source of true joy and happiness. And it only comes with standing with Him. And keeping our eyes focused on him in all things that we do in our life. And he shows us the things that we can do to improve or or change. But it's, you know, like President Nelson has said, just trying to focus and live a higher and holier way. And that has really been my focus is it is more important to me to do whatever I have to do in life to be able to make sure that I always stand with him. Yeah, it does take a little bit of effort on our part, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> well, thank you, Daisha. This has been amazing. I've thank loved you. having you here and hearing your Alabama accent <laughs> tell your your beautiful story of faith. So thank you for being willing and for being vulnerable. That yeah. it's hard to be vulnerable. So I appreciate your willingness. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's been my joy. This is like my favorite thing to talk to people. So <laughs> thank you for being willing. All right, my friends, isn't Daisha amazing? I'm very humbled listening to her story and how much she's overcome through the the help of the Savior Jesus Christ. I am grateful for her testimony, for her experiences, and all the things. I know we all know somebody who struggles with anxiety, who struggles with depression. Maybe it's us. Maybe it's a loved one. Maybe it's a friend. 
I am grateful now to know a little bit more about what that's like so that I can better communicate with people who are in that place of struggling. So I hope you learned something and most importantly, felt something here today and take that whatever you felt, hopefully peace and desire to bind yourself more firmly to the Lord Jesus Christ. Take that with you throughout the remainder of this week until we meet again next Tuesday. Thank you for being here. I will see you next time. Thank you for spending a few minutes with me today. If you are ready to dive in deeper and join the stand movement, Find me on Instagram at Lynette Shepard, that's two N's, two P's, and an A-R-D, or at LynetteShepard.com. If you like what you heard today, please consider sharing the show with a friend or leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. That works wonders in helping us to find the people that we can help. Thank you again, and remember, you were born to stand. See you next time.